Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Welcome back to everybody. It's been a bit of a break since we had the last Spurs 9501 live stream. So good to see everybody again. Good to be back talking Spurs, all things Spurs. Lots to talk about today. So everybody, great to be back. Zach, how you been keeping? Oh, pretty good. Um, I haven't really missed a game lately, so that's nice. Um, works, working game relationships working out nicely too. Okay, excellent. And Eric, how have you been? Been great. It's been a good time doing good in school. Yeah. Also doing good in uh, watching Spurs in the middle of class. You know, oh. up and down emotions, but haven't got very good. Ones. Very good. Well, it's good to see. We've got lots to talk about today, guys. So it's good to have everybody back. And it's going to be spring at the moment, so that's good news as well. Should be hopefully less snow for Zach. Uh, It snowed pretty good last night. (laughs) Okay, guys, so listen. What snow? Yeah, exactly. Well, he didn't have any snow. White, fluffy, cold. Oh, man, I've never seen that. Heavy. You've got to go to Toronto to see that. Yeah. Right, so guys, let's talk about Tottenham Hotspur, the enigma that is Tottenham Hotspur. Um, let me come to you first, Eric. What do you think about the form, the great win against Man City, then the loss against Burnley, then being Leeds and leading to Middlesbrough, now we beating Everton 5-0. What's going on, Eric? What, is that typical Tottenham? And then I'll come to Zach. You know, we're inconsistent. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's inconsistency. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad we're when we, when we go up against the big teams in Man City, you know, Liverpool uh, late last year, you know, I'm glad we're up for it. We, you know, we're up for games like that. But when it comes to a team like Burnley, Middlesbrough, you know, that's a team we need to be beating. And a struggle with that is that what comes from that is that we can't seem to be the team in a low block. You know, mm-hmm. when a team is open like Leeds, Man City, Everton were pretty open, we're able to dominate. But in the low block, we don't, you know, I, we've preached this a long time, but it's true. I mean, we don't have an Ericsson, to, you know, to break a low block, you know, to put a ball in into space. And, uh, and that's what we're lacking. And, and that's what we need to see improvement over the summer. Yep. Okay, great. Zach, what's your thoughts on the inconsistency of Spurs at the moment? Well, you know, as they say, hit or miss. Um, it's unfortunate that we're in this sort of position um, where – we easily could be in that top four right now, um, especially against a couple of the, you know, lower, easier teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a mentality I've taken, though, is like they're, we're all professionals. They're all professional players. Uh, anything can happen. I mean, with Mira, I like still haunts me. But, you know, uh, you you look at us against the bigger teams and uh, it's exciting. It's just a better game. Um we're not sitting back right away. We're actually attacking the ball. Um, so I think uh, I have really high hopes for the rest of the season. <laughs> Let's just say that. Mm. No more losses. Mm-mm. No more losses. No. Got some tough games coming up, though. So um, let's talk about the United game tomorrow, then. Um, what's your thoughts, Zach, on you know how it's going to go? Both teams, well, we've been sort of patchy form. United not in great form. Firstly, is it a must-win for top four? Can we still make top four if we don't win? <sighs> No, I well, I mean, I guess numerically it's possible, but um, no, we need to make a statement. We've already beaten City, um, and City just put a thumping to them. Yeah. So realistically, we need to lean on them. 
Um, they're just a team of superstars with no chemistry. Yeah. Uh, that's what it looks like. So we can exploit that as soon as one or two of them start making the mistakes, they get a little rough. Uh, I hope Ronaldo plays because yeah. he has done nothing this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we barely even need to mark the guy. He's not getting passes from his, his players. Um, Bruno and Pogba are having to go forward because they're not trusting Ronaldo, it seems. So let's exploit that. Let's bring their midfielders deep and get the counterattack going again. Okay, great. Oh, Cam's just joined. Let me add him to the stream. Welcome, Cam. Yes. How are you doing, buddy? Hi, Nice to see you. Hey, Cam. Sorry about that. That's all right. No worries. We were just talking about the United game, and then we'll come to you, Cam. Eric, what's your thoughts about the United game, and, you know, what do you think is going to, you know, happen? Yeah, Ralph Ralph Ragnick is going to want to press us and is going to dominate, but he's also going to want to dominate with caution because he knows how dangerous that counterattack is. Mm. You know, I'm sure he's going to he's gonna look at that Everton game and, and see how we were. You know, we were dangerous. You know, the right-hand side, I've never seen our right-hand side of our attack look so dangerous, and that's mm. thanks to Kulisewski and the reemergence of Doherty. Yeah, we're going to so, come on to Kulu and Doherty later, but yeah, you're right, yep. You know, so Ralph is going to proceed with caution and because and, our counterattack, is you know worrisome you know to go up against and you know you can say oh we played a counterattack style you know last season with Mourinho but you know this is a different type of counterattack style we're more fluid you know we're more aggressive we go up the field I say we're more we have more fitness you know to play that aggressive style and and pragmatic but still at the same time we can put ourselves in front of our opposition's face and so I feel like that's what we're going to have to do against Man City I mean Man United and, you know, our record against the big teams under Antonio Conte has been, you know, superb so far. You know, he always has a great game plan against a big team. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see it tomorrow. Excellent. Cam, welcome back. Good to see you after such a long time. Yeah, Cam, Sorry about the, uh, the, 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 the problems I was having, but all resolved now. No, it's good to see that. We're just talking about the match tomorrow with United, Tottenham's up and down form, United raising themselves for the big game. What's your thoughts on the match? Is it a must win for Spurs to make top four? I mean, I think that, you know, the fact that we're still talking about top four after losing to uh, Southampton and Burnley and throwing it away in the way that we did is really, in a way, makes me wonder if we're delusional or not. I don't think top four is really somewhere where we need to be concentrating on. I think top six is where we're probably is more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, anything can happen. And if we get top four, fantastic. I think I would hope, I would hope that um, Chelsea get kicked out of everything. And Well, so, I want to talk, we want to talk about the Chelsea the later, yeah. The way I said it was because then maybe top five <laughs> get into the Champions League. That's the only, only other hope that we could yeah. have. Yeah, um, yeah. If that's the case, then you know, then there's, everything's up for grabs. I mean, it has happened before. Mm. Uh, I, I would say that against United, is it a must-win game? I would say every game is a must-win game, mm. simply because you know we have um, lost some of those games that we weren't must-win. They were we'd already written them off as fans as already won, like the Burnley yeah. game, like the Southampton game, like some of the other games that we that we let or the Wolves game that we threw away again. Yep. Yeah, we've already put them aside and said that we've won. And my problem is with all of this is just take those three teams, Southampton, Wolves and Burnley. Arsenal, who are, have got games in hand now over us and our top four, right? Yep. All those teams, I believe, in more or less the same time that we lost to them. And that is the difference between top four and not being top four. 
So that, for me, is a big issue here. Should we beat United? Well, that's a really... I'm sure that we're going to discuss that in more detail. Yeah, yeah. That is a big, big issue to come up, right? Okay, okay. Zach, what's the important areas, do you think, in the match tomorrow against United? Which Where are the areas it could be won or it could be lost? What do you think? From a Spurs um, point of view. Well, obviously, on our defense, they're going to have a lot of uh, solid attacking players. Um, we've been, especially against the uh, the big teams, really stacking it a bit. You're seeing you're seeing our, our wing backs going back. You're seeing our midfielders go back. Sonny's defending. Kulovetsky's getting back. Even Kane. Like we're working as a unit a little better defensively. Obviously, mistakes in these other games uh, aren't really going to matter tomorrow. So. Um, Again, our counterattacking is going to have to be sharp. We might only get those four or five chances all game. Um, but I think if we can get a couple goals in the first half, the second half will open up and we'll probably get a couple more, kind of like Everton. Um, United is prone to fall apart. Um, one or two mistakes, they start fighting against each other. Um, they're all hot-headed in their own way. Um, and I think we can exploit the form that they're in right now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay, good points there. Eric, what do you think it's uh, going back following on from Zach's points, what are the weak points you think for United where we should be concentrating when we play them tomorrow? Two words. Harry Maguire. That's the guy we should be targeting. That's the only guy we should even be going up forward against. Uh I think Varane is not uh, available. I think it'll be Is uh, Varane not playing? I thought he was I thought Varane was available, but I might oh, yeah. be wrong. Yeah. yeah. All right, still. Game plan is Harry Maguire forcing into mistakes. You know, his he has to say he's a center back and an English center back, you know, who, who starts every game. He has no positional aware, awareness for a center back. I, I never played center back and either I know where, you know, where to be. You know, he can't seem to handle when there's two guys uh, in his area. You know, he, he's not good at communicating to his the rest of his back line and his midfield and McTominay. Mm. Uh, it's just not good at all. And I feel like we can create troubles for him. You know, we saw in the Everton game, uh, I, you know, if I want to get tactical, uh, Bentecourt dropped into the um, into the back line and allowed Ben Davies, our uh, overlapping center back, to create overloads with him and Sessignon on the left-hand side. And what that allowed was, was Sun to stay essentially close to Kane. And that's what we can do uh, against Man United and keep them too close to Maguire and keep giving him problems throughout the whole game. And we can see that on either side. You know, we saw Doherty play very centrally uh, against Everton. You know, he made that pass to Kane from a central position uh, for the first goal. And in the second goal, he also came from a central or more inward, you know, position. So, you know, we've always said, like, the, you know, Conte likes his wingbacks to keep the width. But with Kuliseski in the side, he has kept the width and it has allowed uh, Doherty to play more inward. And so I, I would love to see that again, this time targeting Maguire. Because Michael King can do anything uh, against us last Monday. Yep. yep. May I say something? Yeah, of course. Go ahead, Zach, please. It's about Doherty. The one thing that I think, and it's right off your point there, Eric, is how central he's becoming. Because he's very one-footed on the right side. And whenever he gets pinned against the line, he, he always loses the ball. He's reckless. It costs us. So we didn't see any of that. Kulavesi's helping him out there. Um, and we have the three center backs, so there's a little bit more coverage there, right? 
Um, but yeah, like his passing has just overnight almost just become pinpoint as Kane's. And I'm excited. I hope he can continue the form as all. And I'm impressed with him from last game. Okay, great. Cam, um, can we actually... Uh, can we actually keep a clean sheet against United? This is what I want to ask you. In, 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 and then we'll talk about your favourite player. Can we keep a clean sheet against United? I mean, I think, you know, it depends who shows up, does it? It really does depend who shows up. I mean, there are two or three different types of Tottenham. So the one that could never score a goal but didn't concede a goal. That was the one in the early days of Conte. Uh, very, very difficult to find a goal. Then there was a Tottenham that, that couldn't help but concede goals. That's all yeah. they did. And then there was one that played against um, Leeds, Everton and Manchester City. Three different teams. And I think that, that, that this is what's the most frustrating thing about any Spurs fans is, is what team is going to show up. Because I hear what everyone says about, you know, we've got to target this player, we've got to target that player, we've got to, you know, go for this. But it depends who who, who actually shows up, what kind of player shows up. Because, we, you know, we have the, we have the, um, the team that is like, you know, it, it, it looks like the Keystone Cops at the back, where the other team just like watch whilst we pass it around to ourselves and suddenly find it in the back of the net. They don't even know how it got there themselves, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've seen that. I mean, you know, where where there's been zero pressure on us, stupid mistakes by all the players at the back, um, where they suddenly just handed it to the only player from the opposition who's unmarked, and they just get a tap in from nothing, from absolutely. No great play, no fantastic movement on the other side. Nothing. It's just handed to them on the plate. The, as I said, Keystone Cops. So will we concede? If the Keystone Cops turn up, we'll concede a shitload. Because let's face it, there's many United have got little going for them. But one thing they have got going for them is they've got a good attacking front and they've got a number of players they can they, on the bench. That, yeah. that, you know, that, that, that would uh, probably make our first team and can't even get into their team when it comes to attacking. I think the best thing for us that's happened recently... Is a partnership with Team Kane and Kulusevski, and that is the thing that I still think is is developing, and that is the thing that probably scares uh, most attackers, most forwards, and most defenders, you know, in the opposition thing. And if that if that gets if that starts working better, then we will score and we should win the game. Yeah. Th- okay, I'll just follow on from that. What's your thoughts on the improvement in Matt Doherty? I know it's just one game, Cam. And you've been one of his fiercest critics, but even you have to agree that it's looking fairly promising now. He had a much better game. All right, it was Everton. I take it. I take your point. But still, he's had bad games against bad teams before. What do you think about Matt Doherty? I think that um, is this the Matt Doherty we used to see at Wolves, getting up forward and I'm making crosses. I don't think anything about Matt Doherty. I think what I think is he's had one good game. When he has about five or six good games consistently, then you yeah. know I'll sit here and I'll eat whatever you want me to eat, my hat or whatever. But right now, on one good <laughs> game and on two good parts, come on, we're just working on scraps here. We're working on scraps. Come on. I, I, I still remember that Doherty a couple of games back who had a more or less an open goal, and I can't remember. We were I think we were losing against who, and he just Middlesbrough skied, skied it right over there. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna yeah. go with that. How long ago was that? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, but, I don't yeah. believe that somebody can overnight become any better than... Um, oh, that's uh, better, Eric. I can uh, see uh, a lot better I now, mate. I really think yeah. that, uh, that Darty's got a long, long way to go before he, he, he thinks one simple performance is going to change it. Because I know what the problem is with this, right? And this is a typical Spurs thing. Again, we talk about Spurs here, right? They have one good performance and then they dine out of it on it for three seasons. 
That's it. I'm done. Now I'm, I'm three seasons. And good. They do it every week in, week out. The yeah. in, week out. And they beat themselves up when they don't even do uh, um, that well, you know. I, I just can't see it. Okay, let me let me just stop you there. I'm going to come to Eric in a minute, and then Zach. But what about Ryan Sessignon, Cam, playing left back four or five games, and then he's become injured again? He's like this Darren Anderton of the uh, 2022, isn't he? I'm surprised he made it through four games. When has he ever made four games? But what did you think of his performances while he was playing? I think his performances were getting better and better. They are what you expect. You know, you start off, you're rusty, you get better, you get better, you get better. But you know, I mean, if this if this is what is going to happen, then he he he's got to go. We 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 kind of that level of inconsistency and that level of and you know that that that, that a player that's so prone to injury, they can never ever get himself match fit because in effect, he just about got himself match fit when he was actually at the pace of the game and boom, he's gone. Mm. How long for? I don't know. How long has he gone for? Does anyone know? Yeah, I'll tell us, uh, Eric, in a minute. Eric, he's out till the international break, I think. Do you think we should yeah. stick with Sessegnon when he's so injury-prone, Eric? Uh, I think the only thing I would say yes because of is that he's just 21. And mm-hmm. when we sent him on loan to Hoffenheim last season, he played in the position he's playing in right now and got forward and had success in that role. And, uh, you know, yes, injuries are a worry. You know, I feel like that comes from a lack of, of, of I'll say, managerial before, you know, manager, uh, manager is not focusing on fitness. And I think, you know, he's still feeling from that. Um, but I feel like in the summer, he will have to get right if he wants to steal that role from uh, left wing back. And trust me, I, I think he's kind of feeling a little pressure because, you know, when he when we took him off against Wolves, you know, that was kind of something we had to do, but at the same time, we kind of didn't want to do because, you know, we want to build his confidence up. And, you know, taking him out like 20 minutes into the game, you know, that kind of hurts the player's confidence. But we saw we saw him improve against Leeds. You know, the whole team sucked against Middlesbrough. But we saw him play good uh, against Everton for the first 45 minutes. But I say he is feeling the pressure because not even a minute into the second half, regular on scores in his position. You know, mm. probably in the same position. You know, obsessing over the gone forward in that. You know, in that. That's the question, well. Eric. If Sessignon was on the pitch, do you think he's going to be in that position to score their goal or not? Yes, okay. I, I certainly think so. Because I was actually surprised to see Regulon in that position. Because I, mm. I knew I would have seen Sessignon, but not Regulon. And uh, yeah. but no, he, you know, he's going to have to get right. You know, he. Yeah. I think he's more confident now because he 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 has felt himself what he can do, what he can provide on that left side. And now it's all about just getting the fitness so he can, like, do those night in, you know, day in, day out. Yeah, yeah. Zach, do you think there's an issue with the Tottenham Hotspur medical system here? Because Sessegnon keeps injured. Skip's been out for two and a half months. I think Cam will remember, even Antonio Conte mentioned it in the, one of the press conferences about the medical staff. Do you think we've got an issue with the medical staff not up to scratch here? I mean, Skip's been out for 10 weeks. Yeah, true. I, I almost forget what his injury even was. Actually, I do. Um, all I know about is we've missed him big time. Yeah. And thank thank goodness we got Benton Kerr, though. Yeah. Like, he's been awesome in his place, essentially. Mm. But um, Going back to uh, the original question with Sessignon, do you think we should persevere with him or do you think we should get rid of him because he's too injury prone? I mean, it's better to play it safe than sorry, but mm. it is a trend that he is not playing more than a couple games in a row and 
personally, I still think Regulon's our number one uh, left wing back. So um, he just had some chances and he did look better and better. I think defensively, quite not, not quite good enough. Um, going forward, he was improving quite a bit. So, I mean, yeah. And, and as Eric said, he's still pretty young. So if he, if he's able to improve and stay fit, then there's a chance he'll be good enough or even better. Okay. Excellent. Hello, Tracy. Uh, nice to, thanks for joining the stream. Um, so let's go, let's do a quick, um, uh, let's do a quick, uh, prediction and, and then we'll go on to some other topics. So, um, let's start with you, Eric. Prediction for Saturday, tomorrow? Um, I think Man United will score first. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to end up winning the game 3 1. Okay, 3 1. About you, Zach? Yeah, my prediction is 3 1 as well, actually. Okay, great. Cam? Really tough one. I mean, my gut tells me, to be perfectly honest with you, that we're going to lose this one. But I wouldn't be positive. And I think we're going to win it 2 1. Only because okay. I think United are reeling in a way. But, you know, you know when you get a team which is um, on the ropes like they are, they do tend to bounce back a lot more than what Tottenham do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, great. Um, my prediction is 2-0 Tottenham Hotspur. I'm going to be positive. I think we're going to hold them off there. Now, guys, I want to talk to you about Antonio, Emperor Antonio, about his outburst to get after Burnley. You know, we can't start this, work this stream without talking about that. Let's come to you first, Cam. What was all that all about, about I'm not good enough and maybe I should go? What is that? What's going on there, Cam? I mean, it made some very valid points, and I appreciate what he said, and I think that is something that we need to take on board, and that is that I think what he's saying very clearly is I've done everything I can with this team, everything that I know, everything that I've done with every other team, with every other player, and the results that I got were different. But with these guys, I've done exactly the same, giving them all that sort of skills and all the sort of tactical training, all the physical training and everything else, and that is the result. He said, and, and, you know, I can see where you feel. He, he felt at the time, probably, he couldn't go any further. And I had in effect, with those players, had to agree with him. And maybe, maybe at that time, I also felt, maybe um, this isn't a Conte team. Maybe with this team, he won't be able to do anything. Maybe it is something that we have to consider seriously, that, you know, he might be one of the best managers in the world, and he definitely is, but not with this team. But then the question, obviously, everyone will ask, then who then? Because there is nobody else, is there, really? Is there no. nobody out there that if he can't do it? But maybe the question is, sometimes it's not a fit. Maybe do you not. think this is the case where it's not a fit with Conti? You know what? I'm, see, I'm beginning to think more and more that there's one thing, one thing that's interesting that I've, I read about Conte, which I thought everyone would be really interested to see, is that, that where he always had four to five days with his team, to be able to um, uh, play them between games. He played fantastically and normally won. Where they were playing games every two days, they were always doing badly because he just didn't have enough time to to fill them. And this is what's happened with Tottenham. But how can you go from that same team within the space of a few days of what we saw at Middlesbrough and then what we saw at Manchester City? It's just nonsensical. It doesn't compute in any normal person's brain. I mean, where was the fight against Burnley a few days later after after Manchester City? Where was it? Was that the same team? Was that, I mean, what, what is well, how, do you, how do you explain that, Cam? I explain it by saying what I explained about uh, Matt Doherty. They, they, they all think they're, they're fantastic and they'll <laughs> die now for the next two years because for the Tottenham get players of the team is play one good game and earn your wages for the next two years. That's good enough. You know, that's not how okay. anything gets won. That's why we haven't won anything. God knows how many yeah. years. 
Yeah. Eric, why do you think, was that a cry for help for, by Conti just saying, look, I'm really struggling here? What, what was that outburst all about, Eric? I don't think it was a cry for help. You know, I, I've, I've had friends that watch Serie A and, and they've told me that, you know, this is how Antonio Conte works. You know, he acted like this in Inter Milan, you know, before, you know, he finally sealed the deal. But uh, I, I don't think it's a cry for help. I think it's a cry to the, not even a cry to the board. It's almost like, a, you know, it, he's telling the board, you know, you know, we, we've, you know, we've heard, we've heard Mourinho say this. We heard now Antonio Conte say this, you know, how many managers are going to go out the door before we replace the players in the squad? You know, you know, we've had four managerial changes uh, since Pochettino, Mourinho, uh, uh, Ryan Mason, Nuno, and now Antonio Conte. And, you know, it, it's, it's about time we, we need to change the squad. You know, a different manager, same players. You know, we've, we've, we've heard that preached out. But, you know, I feel like Mourinho also preached that as well, but he never did it as sternly as Antonio Conte is. And I think Antonio Conte knows his position. He knows that he's the best team Levy has, I, I feel. And because we were lucky to get Antonio Conte, because I don't know any other manager that would take on this job with these players that we have that's been aging since the 2016 season. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know any other manager that would ever take on this job. And so Antonio Conte realizes that position that he has over Levy. And he knows that. If Levy even thinks about sacking Antonio Conte, this would be the last time. You know, we, we've not me, but there's some fans that have given Levy chances. Like, okay, we got Conte now. Let's do this. You know, let's do this. But if Conte walks, it, it's over for him. And yeah, you know, it it, it's, it all depends on the summer. Because when Mourinho first got his summer transfer window, I'm thinking, granted, it was a pandemic window. You know, he's going to finally get his guys and instill his mentality. What we got from that window, Hobier, Doherty, um, shoot, sleepers, Vinicius gone, Bell gone, you know, but we still got Doherty and Hobier, and they're just not good players. And so I hope with a new managing football director and Paratici, along with a great manager and Antonio Conte, we can change something in the summer and get his players and, and receive the full financial backing he deserves. Now, I also want to go back to Cam's point when he talked about Antonio Conte having a great record when there's a span of five days in between games. And I saw a stat line the other day where, when, when you know, it was December when we went on that great run. We had Norwich, Crystal Palace, uh, Brentford, Leeds, all had games like longer than a five-day span. Oh, and even Liverpool, you mm. know, when, and, we're, and went undefeated. Yes, the roster is really old and is aging and deteriorating. <laughs> but uh, only but, uh, a couple of in them. In that span, we went undefeated uh, with having you know games longer than five days. Uh, you know everything else been losses like Burnley, Southampton, Middlesbrough. We got a, lead, a win against Leeds. You know, it, it, you know having games long. Uh, that don't span over five days, but you know, we are about to get a one week of game Conte back, you know, next week we have Brighton midweek and that's our last game uh, in the midweek. I'm assuming they're going to put Arsenal in the midweek. I'm assuming yeah. because they're going to have to find a way to fill in that game. But after Brighton leaves out of the makeup games, we're having one week of game Conte and that's where we can make a push against uh, for the top four. And there's no, there's no excuse. There's no fitness excuse. There's no tiredness excuse. 
you have six days to prepare for yep. each game. That's a really good point, actually. I think the the break between games with Conte to work on tactics and, you know, what special teams, as I say, not an NFL thing, but special free kicks and things like that against, you know, a specific opponent, which is Conte as an expert. At. Zach, going back to Conte's outburst, what was your thoughts around that? And what do you think prompted that? Although it's an appalling performance against Burnley, but I think he a bit went over the bit over the top and he realised it later. But what do you think, Zach? Yeah, it's probably just uh, in the heat of the moment type lash out. Um, and he's probably confused himself as to how we can be beating these big teams, these title challenging teams, the champions, um, and then losing to Burnley and Middlesbrough and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think there was any like ill intent. Um, obviously, he was upset, as were we all. Um, I said, so, I usually say some mean things at the end of a game when we lose, but usually not to the press. Um, it is what it is. Um, but so I didn't really, I don't take anything from that. Like he's frustrated as are we, um, but he's got a job to do. And I just hope he focuses on that. And I think good performances are coming. Okay. There was one thing I was confused of why he, uh, there was one last out he had, which I was very confused. And that came from the sky, uh, Italy one. I mean, yes, his words were kind of misconstructed in the headlines, but I was confused him complaining about, the signings of Kulisevsky and, and Bitsker, who he green-lighted. But I was confused. The reason why he said, you know, I want players who are ready. You know, I'm getting a 21-year-old player and a 24-year-old player, I believe, in, in Bitsker. You know, so this is the vision of Tottenham. You know, they want, you know, young players where they can sell on later. later but he wants ready players. So I was confused why he said that when he green-lighted those two signings. That lashing out, I, I was confused at. But, you know, like I said, he has been in the heat of the moment. And I totally feel that because I feel like I think it's like the first time we had a manager that is the voice of the fans, you know. And so that's why I'm I'm, I'm happy that Conte is talking. Yes, he can kind of go too far, like I said, with the mention of the January signings. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yep, yep, yep. Cam, the team that we played against... Everton, and let's assume that Reguilón's at left back rather than Cessna. Is that the strongest team we can put out? I think it's the strongest team we can put out against an extremely weak side. I mm. mean, you, we've got to ask ourselves, right? What were Everton thinking? What was Lampard thinking? Putting out the team and the what were his tactics? What was his ideas? Because mm. it was a. I mean, you know, I'd love it if every single team did that to us every week. I mean, you know, who wouldn't? You know, but be realistic. I mean, even uh, um, what's what's the bottom team right now? Norwich, 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 yeah. Norwich wouldn't even put a team out yeah. with those, that, like that. And uh, um, was it our strongest team? It was our strongest team because it was a fantastic performance. My problem is with 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 that is is that is this more a reflection on how great we are, or is this more a reflection on how bad the opposition was? Because let's go back to that Leeds game too. I mean, that Leeds game led to Bielsa being knocked out. Being basically losing his job. Bielsa had already by then conceded something like 17 goals in three games, something ridiculous like that, was never going to change. If Spurs hadn't scored what we did score, and even then we gave Leeds so many chances to, to actually get back into that game, it was an absolute joke. They could, it could have been, you know, 5 5 at the end of it, you know? Um, you got to wonder, was it we were so brilliant and they were so, or was it all to do? This is what worries me. Are we reading too much into those two games? Because because those two teams were so woefully bad. 
Even... I think you're right, but the thing that gives us hope is Man City. But I wanted to ask you, Cam, and then I'll come to the other guys, what happens when a team does a low block? We can't seem to do anything about that. If they're open like Man City, like Zach said, Man City and Everton, we can we can play around and we can score. But what about low block like Burnley? We we just what were we meant to do, Cam? Think about sorry, think about Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Who can't even well? They're not even what they're tenth or something in the. Uh, no, championship. they're not that low, but they're they're they're, they're pretty they're decent team. They knocked out Man United in the previous round. Yeah, they did on penalties. But even Man United managed to get 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 to get through the game and at least get to penalties. We didn't even manage that. What these guys managed to do completely take out every single attacking option that Tottenham had. Played that low block, played it very well, and then realised that actually these guys aren't as half as good as they think they are. But Cam, the question to you is: What? How do teams get around the low block? What are you meant to do? How we? What we meant? Well, I think if you had effective win backs, if you had a, a, players that had some skills that actually could pass the ball, because against Middlesbrough nobody could pass or do anything. And if we're going to talk about Doherty, let's just never forget that Middlesbrough experience, uh, um, experience that we had. Um, and, and same with Sassinion, who was absolutely awful. Did he come off after a few? After the first yeah, we lost Benton, Benton Core in the first half, didn't we, Zach? In that match, yep. But we well, come. I, okay. I think those would have been the keys, but the, that game they never showed up. That's the problem, isn't it? Yep. I think Zach? we have to take a. Oh, sorry, Eric. Go, go ahead, Eric. Go on. I, I think we have to take a playbook out of Pep Guardiola because that's all he plays against every weekend. Because that's you know it seems <laughs> yeah. to be the only way we don't have we don't have the players Pep has, unfortunately, Eric. Exactly, and, and that's another thing. You know, there's no evidence of us beating a low block team. When was yeah, the last I time mean, we beat a low block team? I sure can't remember because I remember the first one was Southampton. I don't think yeah. we've beaten a low block team, but anyway, that can come back to that. We haven't, but uh, you know, how do you beat a low uh, beat a low block team? It's kind of crazy me answering this, but one is simply shots from distance, two creating overloads, and three packing the space. You know, creating more than they can handle. Uh, but simply we can't just do that because against uh, Middlesbrough, uh, just too slow. We are too slow in the buildup. And once we got there, you know, finally into the final third, bad pass, you know, restart again. And if Benticor was playing instead of Winks, who had the most worst game I've ever seen from any player in the Spurs shirt, maybe the game would have been different. I, I still don't think so. Maybe we would have been more solidly. We wouldn't have lost possession as we did as many times as we did uh, with Winks on the pitch. But other than that, you know, we, we have no evidence. We haven't seen Tottenham be a low block team. Everton, wide open. Man City, wide open. Leeds, wide open with a man marking system. And so, you know, I, mean, we I hope. Wolves. Look what happened to us against Wolves. Get yeah, Wolves, a great team. You know, you know, they create a low block and their counterattack. I say is more dangerous than ours, and, but that's what they're built on. That's their. That's, that's their what game. we were supposed to be, and and that's what they're, and they're good at it. They stick to one thing, and they're good at it. So, yep. so Zach. Okay, Zach, over to you, buddy. How do we get past these low block teams? What are we meant to be doing? Conti should know how to beat a low block team. Surely, it's oh, not the you? first time he's faced it. Oh, oh, he's got a he's got a few tools in the playbook. He's got to. He's he's played teams like this um, throughout his career. Um, cause he's usually at the top teams who, um, have like, we instill fear still, like you don't want Kane, you don't want son bearing down on your net. So that's why you play the system to stop that. But, um, when you're seeing our quick counterattacks, 
Um, and I mean, we need to play the early crosses. Um, um, and <laughs> I don't really know. Like it's, it's, it's tough because, um, I don't really watch any other games, so I'm not seeing City beat the sure, other, sure. other teams, right? So I don't know. It's a tough okay. situation, but yeah, yeah, I think tomorrow uh, we won't have to deal with that. Okay. Um, let's move on now to talk about some other things. Let's. I want to talk about uh, ex-manager of ours, Maurizio Pochettino, again, who's failed at PSG. What's your thoughts on that, Eric? I mean, he's got Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi as a front three. And he still can't get through. Is this again, Poch? That some of the headlines I've been seeing is you can take Poch out of Spurs, but you can't take Spurs out of Poch. No. Yeah, what's your thoughts on no. all this? No. Yeah, I, I think we were talking about May United earlier, how they have so many good players, yet no chemistry. Yeah. Well, that's a story for Paris. And so, you know, you got a Messi who's 34, not playing as, you know, I, I think Messi at 34 at Barcelona would have played better than what we've seen at Paris. But, you know, uh, I was worried for Pochettino because I'm happy for him. I'm glad he got a top job in Paris. I'm glad he has the money. But a player with, uh, you know, a team with full of so many egos in Neymar and Mbappe and Messi, I was honestly worried for him because because usually when, when Pochettino was at Spurs, he was that iron hammer. He could love you, you know, put the shoulder, over, uh, put an arm over your shoulder, but he was also that iron hammer. And I, I feared for him too because, you know, you're probably, you know, you have players, and, and the players are not stupid. You got Neymar, Messi. They've won just about everything, you know, every competition they've played in. And you have a guy coaching you that's been to a Champions League final, has been to a lot of finals, uh, League Cup finals, you know, you know, chased the Premier League title two years in a row, but he hasn't won anything. And so the players know that. And I, and I feel like Pochettino was just scared to, you know, say something to them. But you know, taking the Spurs, you can you can take him out of Spurs, you know, but you can't take Spurs out of him. That's ridiculous <laughs> because you know he went to a Champions League final with Winks and Sissoko. So you know he's worked wonders with a team that is cohesive, that plays together, and that doesn't play for you know individually. He's you know he's coached a team like that, and Paris is simply just not like that. But Paris let me ask you a question, Eric. A let me ask you a question: If Pep Guardiola is managing that team, do they go out to to Real Madrid? Yes, I think so. No, go ahead, go ahead, go on. I mean, you could, uh, you know, Antonio Conte can manage Spurs. I mean, I mean, excuse me, Paris, and I don't think, yeah. you know. Do you think they're beyond there. hope, yeah. Yeah. yeah? What do you think, Cam? If Pep Guardiola is managing that team, do they go out to Madrid or not? Well, I mean, the reason why I, I would agree with Eric is because Pep Guardiola's uh, um uh, a record in the Champions League with Manchester City hasn't been much better anyway. I mean, where has he got to? Um, so that to the final last year, but anyway. Yeah, okay, but he still got beat by Chelsea, mm. which was an awful thing to put <laughs> That's embarrassing in itself. But what I would say is that um, there is an issue here, isn't there? I mean, it's not the way that uh, Pep or Contoni Wells would go out, it's the way that Poch went out. Yeah, he froze. Went out because he was winning that game. There wasn't much time left, and they that five, ten, fifteen minute collapse, whatever it was, when uh, they let Benzema come in and score those goals. You know, even after one of them, absolute inability to to, to understand what was going on and to man, game manage it at that stage is what the problem is, and that is where it comes to bottling it. Would Pep have bottled it at that stage? I don't think so. I think from the position where they were. 
and where they ended up is what the what what the problem is with 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 Poch and and the winning mentality. And I think the great managers know when they're winning is how to keep the team, how to close out games. One of the biggest problems we at Spurs have, and that's why people say, is we never learn how to close out games. We never learned it under my. Um, what's his name, Mourinho? We did in the early days against Poch, and then we lost it. And since then, we've never had it since. Never had it since. So that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, Zach, do you think the this is the reason why a lot of guys don't want Poch to come back because he hasn't really changed? I take it that Paris Saint Germain is a team of individuals. It's not Poch's fault, really. But what do you think, Zach? Uh, yeah, that was a collateral collapse. It was horrible um and they were playing really well it seemed um and just the flurry of benzema came out of nowhere and they just weren't able to, to handle it uh yeah obviously two of, the goals, two of the goals were self-inflicted by paris saint-germain the donnarumma and also marquinhos is stupid you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't send the ball back across your goal, do you, if you're trying to clear it but anyway sorry there was a lot of confusion back there to say the least um and uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. We had that trouble as well. We can compare ourselves to PSG. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Maybe we're the okay. only team they can beat. Yeah. Well, yep. maybe. Let's try it. Yep. Let's get some okay, Champions so League next year. Yeah. We 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 should play them in. The, but Poch is not going to be there. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Uh, Zach Poch is obviously going to get sacked because they were shouting and screaming in the thing. Where is Poch going to be next year? And please don't say Tottenham because I'm going to cut you off the stream if you say Tottenham. No, I think hopefully we can keep Conte. So where's uh, Poch going to be next season then? Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. Interesting. <laughs> no way. No way. No way. No, 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 no. I, I'm not even saying awful. I think you hate Chelsea that much to give him Poch, do you? Are you joking? Uh, now, come and tell us the truth, Zach. Where do you, where do you think? I think there's a chance that he could go to Chelsea. Like, yes, he loves Tottenham, but I mean, he's now a big money um, manager, and I mean, they're they're going through turmoil as well. So, bring the two turmoils together, and they might create some magic. But we'll still beat them. I don't really know where other what other openings are there. Could go to Man United. Yeah. Yeah, well, either one of those men. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think yes. Guardiola's got to leave City at some point too. He's already done everything. Yeah, yeah, he's got to leave. But I don't think – I'm not think, sure any – I'm not sure any 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 top team is going to take him because he hasn't done anything really. It was a shoe in for Man United. Yeah. I think he's going to shoot in, yeah. Tot- this week, you know. I mean, and it's – one of those – I feel bad for him. I think he's got ability to be a very good manager – and I really, and if he wins the French title and he wins the cup or whatever, which he should do, it may, you know, uh, still gives make some of the big clubs think. Well, he's got now. He's he's gone over that hurdle. He's finally won something, you know. Because let's face it, last season he didn't even win the league, you know. But what is he? What is he lacking, Cam? What does he lack as a manager? Tell us. Mentality, the final push, the final mentality. Because the game plan over two games against Man Real Madrid was perfect. There wasn't a problem. But then for some reason or another, the posh team fell to pieces when it mattered that last few minutes, that last thing. And that's what the difference between a great team and a, and a good team. It's just those, it's just, it's literally split second decisions. It's a little bit of extra fitness and it's a little bit of stronger mentality. And, you know, it's fine margins here at these levels, you know, very, very fine margins. And, you know, I believe maybe 
Real Madrid just at the end and their players just had that belief that they could turn these big guys around. Yeah, this is, I think you're right. It's all about mentality. Real Madrid don't know when they're beaten. They, they look like a rubbish team. They come back and store three goals. Eric, is a, um, Poch made a, a, a comment in the paper that Tottenham will always be my home and it's my team and, you know, I, I dream of going back there. So are you worried about that or are you happy about that? It's time for him to move on. I love Pochettino. I, 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 I'm, I'm being dead serious. I, I, you can ask my friends back in 2019. I, I was, I was distraught that day when he sacked. You know, when he got sacked. You know, I, I shed a couple of tears. No lie, but you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of all this mess. It's time for Tottenham to move on. It's time for Mauricio to move on. You know, it, it's, it's a chapter that has been closed. The book is, is closed, finished, and. It's just it's always the time for him to move on. I mean, I understand he's going to love the club. It's where he found his most success at a club so far. I mean, I don't count all the the league trophies in France. You know, even though he didn't win anything at Tottenham, he has found the most success, in, and it's where he fell home. You know, but I, I think it, it is time for him to move on. It's time for us to move on. I I, I, I think it was like a month into Antonio Conte's uh, reign here. I see a report that the Tottenham backroom staff, like, you know, the exec, you know, hopefully Antonio Conte can get the team in the right shape so Pochettino can come back. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> I want to hear that. You know, I, I, Conte is miles ahead of, of Pochettino, and I'm not disrespecting Pochettino at all, but it's just the truth. And yeah, it is Conte what it is, isn't it? is the well, right guy to lead this team. Now, we haven't yeah. seen Conte stay at a club for, you know, more than two, three years. That's worrisome. Because, you know, if he doesn't get the players he wants, you know, he's out the door, you know. So that's a worrisome, but I hopefully he can build a new era here, just like Pochettino did. That's the only thing I, I, I want to happen. Do you think that if, like, do you think he'll leave if we don't get Champions so League or that? something like that? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, potentially could leave, but uh, hopefully he'll stay. But why don't you take Josselbar's question there, um, Zach? Who else do you see taking over Antonio in the summer if he leaves? What do you think? Then I'll ask Cam and Eric to give an answer for that. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass that one on. I haven't even thought about another manager okay, right now. Yeah. Uh, Eric? No one. Um, Let me answer that. Uh, okay, okay. It might be a nobody. Uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden, I can't think of his name. I was like, if he was still available, the guy at Newcastle. Um, oh, Eric, Eddie Howe. I want to Eddie ask Howe. a simple question. Go on, Cam. Very simple question. I'm listening to everything that you've been saying, all of you guys. I see how, how, how it's really interesting to me to see how, how, how people change. Because two minutes ago, no one was going to be managing us. No one would ever want to take Tottenham. Why would anyone want to come here? And now we're poo-pooing the fact that, you know, if Pochettino comes back. But I'd like to ask one simple question. What has given you any way, shape or form, the impression, right, that Spurs is too good for Pochettino? What have we done? And achieved? No, nobody's saying that, but we just don't want a manager that's not a proven winner. We may have no choice. I can't see if, if Conte Wolf would be begging for someone like Pochettino to come back. Uh-huh. Who's like managing like Rangers yeah. right now? One at a time, one at a time, Eric. Go ahead, Eric. One at a time. Go on, Eric. If Pochettino's going to come back, he he's going to have to come back with a different group of players. I cannot see Pochettino coming back with Kane, Son still in the squad, Davies still in the squad. Uh, who else was on the uh, – Lloris still in the squad, Mora. I, I can't yeah. see that happening because, you know, I was like, oh, now we're going – because those players would feel, oh, man, we're going back to the past 
well, in the past, we didn't win anything. You know, that that's just it's stupid. And so if Pochettino were to come back, it's going to have to be a different generation as far as new players. None of the players should even remember him uh, being a former Tottenham manager. Because, yeah, but, well, he know, could, he could bring there. Neymar with him. No. Yeah, no, we don't at want 30, Neymar, but... At 30. Welcome to the stream, Steve. Oh. But let's... Well, that's not old. I'm 30. Yeah. Quick question, quick question. I've lost my train of thought now, but uh, I think Cam raises a really good point. If Conti does leave, it sends out a really, really bad signal to everybody. We may now have no choice but to accept Poch back. He'll be the only guy prepared to come. We're begging him to come back. What do you, you think about what? that, Zach? You know, a lot of fans would would enjoy that. Like, I didn't. I don't think he. I thought it was a, a really sour moment when we let him go. It was just kind of on a whim. We were looking poor at the moment, but. I was pretty distraught as well as Eric. Daniel Levy actually acknowledged that he made a mistake by sacking Poch. Good, good, because that was a huge surprise to me. Like I, w- I was very surprised. Um, and then especially go to like a spiritual Santo after that, uh, devastated. Well, look, all I can say is one thing: whoever was responsible for the signing of Endomale, whether it was Poch or whether it was Levy, needed to be fired. That is the bottom line. Because that is where we took, we, we came out of the Champions League. We were riding high. We had money. We weren't a lot of money in the Champions League. I think we earned about 60 million or something just yes, we... in the final. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but nice comment, Stephen. We, we got carried away with our importance and blew it on probably one of the worst players that ever won a Spurs shirt. Cam, you need to get That's over Ndombele now. You need to get, we need to move on from Ndombele, right? He might He's be not back first... next season. He's, yeah, he's coming not, back. He's coming he's, back. He's, he's, he's pulling up. Team now. Is he pulling up trees at Leon or not, Cam? He's not coming. He's not coming again. The team now, from what I hear, he's coming. Oh, back. He's coming back. Eric is going to be happy, and Dombele and then Bowler's coming back. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> oh. Guys, I got my once I got my Bergwijn. Yeah, Bergwijn is there to stay. Thank God. But guys, let me talk to yeah. you. I want to talk a bit about something else that's happening very importantly. The Chelsea sanctions. Let's talk about that. I know it's not Tottenham, but it's very important for us. Eric, what do you think about the fact that he's been sanctioned by the UK government? He can't buy any players. He can't sell the club, blah, blah, blah. You know all the details about it. Do you think that's the right thing to do? And what do you think is going to be the impact of that, Eric? Uh, you know, it, it is the right thing to do. Um, I was almost confused, uh, you know, because we were talking about this in, in one of my uh, economics classes, you know, why sanction a club on, you know, an English club? You know, just but, you know, that Chelsea is an asset of Roman Abramovich. And, and it, it comes to the question, like, we need to stop accepting owners tied to governments. You know, uh, the new owners in Newcastle tied to the Saudi Arabian government. Yep, so yep. if anything in Saudi Arabia happens, which it is happening right now as we speak, yep, yep. Uh, genocide, you know, why are we letting that, you know, why are we giving the blind eye to that? But, you know, you have Russian invasion of Ukraine and, and now we're seizing everyone. You know, it's happened in F1 with Nikita Mazepin. Uh, now it's happening here with, you know, Roman Abramovich. But at the same time, I don't feel sorry for these fans. Not at all. I, I don't feel sorry for them. And, and not because I hate Chelsea. It's just <laughs> I don't. I, 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 do. I do. But <laughs> I, I don't feel sorry for the fans at all, you know. But, um, I mean, it's kind of harsh. I know there are some good Chelsea fans out there, but I, I don't feel bad at all. And, and you know, you, you're about to see a hurt in their pockets. I, maybe Tuchel was just trying to like save face saying, you know, you know, he loves where he's at right now. But at some, at some point later, you cannot resign players. Like you can't renew contracts, can't sell players, cannot buy players, can't even sell merchandise and tickets. You know, their shirt sponsor already just suspended 
temporarily to spend. Look like Nike is going to withdraw sponsorship as well. Apparently, exactly. I and thought so, this entire time that Abramovich wasn't friendly with uh, Russia. He so that's a surprise. He made all his money. Yeah, one at a time, guys. One at a time. But listen, this could bring up something interesting, Cam. That if um, Chelsea go into free fall and they can't sign anybody, blah blah blah. Thomas Tuchel may leave. Would you take Tuchel at Tottenham? You know what? I want to say something first. I think it's really I'll answer that question. Would I take Tuchel? Why well, I've got Conte? Why would I? How would I want Tuchel? My job is to just stimulate debate here, not to think. Here go. Win us something, and I want Conte to stay there for the next ten years if it was possible. Yeah, great. I I believe in Conte. Conte, we trust. I want to say this, right? Why is it that they let in the? I mean, I think Eric nailed it in the beginning, right? You, you know, you lie down with dogs and you get surprised and you get up with fleas because you know you get into bed with the devil. What is this going to happen? This guy. Everybody knew had bought stolen Russian money into into yep. England, and he was basically using Chelsea Football Club as a way to launder all this free money that he was getting because he could use it as a thing. I was okay then. Let's turn a blind eye now. Now we've got now that his best mate is going in there and basically committing genocide against uh, fellow white people because obviously no one likes seeing white people killing white people. Suddenly we decide we turn into uh, um, he's now a prior. I want to know why it took so long. Yeah, Why is yeah. it so long? Why is Good this point. so, so, so uh, um, not even strict enough? I think, I mean, why are they even playing? Why is the team even allowed that? So, because we seem to forget the fact that every single one of those players up till date has been bought and has been living off of Russian blood money. They're still there. Where did that come from? So yeah, why yeah. are they still even allowed to be played? Anyone bought under Abramovich should should be not be allowed to play. I think Chelsea should be thrown out of the league. Personally, I think that what what, what this guy was the fact that he was allowed um, to be there for uh, to, to to get away with it. I actually honestly thought that he was going to be allowed to sell the club, make three billion pounds or whatever it was, and walk away with his yachts, his helicopters, and everything else he wants. And then afterwards, they'll say, "Oh, now we will." Uh, Sanction him because that's how that's how the other people work. You know, they will they will scratch each other's backs. I, I mean, he he can't really come out and say anything bad against Putin because he's going to get a visit from the KGB then, which is not going to end nicely. So money, won't he? It's not that you've got to understand. He was a one of Putin's right hand top man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He you made know, a lot of money from the Russian the provinces as well. Whilst he was a Chelsea yeah, football club, yeah, he yeah, was a yeah. governor. Whilst they were massacring people in Chechnya, that was okay apparently. Mm. While they were running into Georgia, that was also okay. And he was a governor of one of the provinces. That was like, why? Why are we let right football be corrupted in this way? That's what I want to know. And it's going to happen again with the Saudis. And it, yeah. you know, we shouldn't even stop there. What about the close links between the um, Leicester and the Thai government and the Leicester, Le- Le- the Leicester, the, the people there? You know, that, that 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 needs to be looked at. There are some really bad stuff going on. You know, and apparently Joe Lewis has done some really bad stuff in Argentina as well with uh, Enoch. But Cam, what do you, sorry, um, Zach, what, I want you to have a say. What do you think about the Abra- – actually, I'm going to pronounce it properly, Roman Abramovich. What do you think of the Abramovich uh, situation? I think that most <laughs> of the billionaires on earth have a lot of dirty money, most of them, uh, with an exception to Elon Musk. And they yeah. clean it through the football club. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not really sure why the players and coach staff and fans should be punished. Like, obviously, they're all supporting this, which is behind all the curtains, right? Trying to be shoved under the rug. Um, 
but they're just there to do a job and they're just there to get paid. Um, and Abramovich, again, I thought he never, he didn't have, I thought he broke ties with all the Russian oligarchs and stuff like that. So I don't, I didn't look into that as much as I should have maybe, but um, I mean, sanction the man, I guess, because he's obviously got the blood money, but, but it's most built that money though. He's built, built the club. Zach, the, the club, down. the club itself is losing money, Zach. They don't, that what they earn doesn't pay for their costs, so he keeps on giving them free money and all that, and it's such Russian blood money. Apparently, he's got a company yeah. that's making steel that's being used for Russian tanks as well. It's all very, very dodgy. But Cam's right. Why have they taken 19 years to do this? Yeah. Well, I, I, I read that the club might owe him money already. Like they owe yeah, him. Yeah, but he's a, prepared. He's going to waive that. He's going to waive that. He's not going to take it. He's put, listen, he's put 1.5 billion into the club. To blood money to buy players and to buy everything else and to prop up. It's in effect propping up a a, a corrupt regime. If if someone had put in one point five all this money into propping up some government or something else, we'll all be sitting there in absolute horror. But in effect, Chelsea is a is a corrupt regime built on on people's blood, Russian people and everyone else's yeah. blood. There you go. I've said it. Is that front page news though? Like, are they blowing this up now, or are they just focusing on Roman? But every single person who wasn't who's been around and watching what's been happening at Chelsea knew it and has been saying it from day one. But just to answer Zach's question, they've 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 actually sanctioned you know ten other fifteen oligarchs. It's just not Abramovich. But Eric, do you think Chelsea should be relegated? Points deducted, you know, if they because if they go into administration, if Roman Abramovich's money is not used now, which he can't be, and they can't find another owner for whatever reason, they will go into administration because they don't have enough revenue to cover their costs, so they'll go into administration and they'll be deducted points, potentially relegated. Do you think that's what should happen to them? Uh, I, I saw the uh, all the funny comments like, you know, in twenty sixteen, uh, you know, they, you know, Chelsea should you know be stripped of the title and it should it should go to you know, the second place team in 2017, <laughs> whoever that was. I, yeah, I exactly. Name. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those, those times are, you know, hilarious. But, you know, I, I'm confused. I mean, yeah, it, it has a potential of going into administration before a buyer, you know, becomes available. I've seen this, you know, in F1 when I know there's any F1 fans, but that was a racing team that went into administration because the owner got caught up in something in his home country in India and that came in. Even uh, and then a new owner came in and got them out of administration. But, uh, you know, I don't think they should be punished in terms of relegation points deducted uh, because to me, those are punishments from on-field actions. You know, you I think you have to separate the club from the, uh, you know, the board and, and I, uh, from the owner. And I think that's what you just have to do. I, as, as, as sad as that sounds, because I want to see, I want to see Chelsea in League One, but their their deterioration can go step by step by getting relegated. I don't think there should be any actions in terms of on field performance in terms of like relegation don't, don't numbers. Think, though, don't you think that they should be looking into what money the financial where it's come oh, from? Of course. What of all course. these players that he's bought for this blood money mm-hmm. and whether that was them? Uh, uh, is it that that should be looked at? Now, if that three- if that is looked at. That's a problem. And that and could lead to relegation. That could lead to, I mean, serious corruption taking yes. place. Serious right? corruption. Yes. And the thing is, three guys, uh, Aspilicueta, Rudiger, and Christensen, they can't renew their contracts now, so they're going to have to be free agents. Yeah. Let's take Christensen for sure. I think he's I going, he's going to Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to Barcelona. Yeah. 
Well, he's going. He's really green. Who else? Absolutely. No. But they, what about all the players that they bought on and on and on? Any money that they want to throw at everything? Anybody? Lukaku, they bought for ninety-seven million. Shouldn't all that be investigated? Shouldn't it all be looked they at? Can keep him. See, see, the whole point of financial fair play is just you know just to have that little umbrella so we can just stop looking into corruptions. You know, financial fair play is ruled by corruptions. I, I still don't understand. Back in twenty twenty, how can Man City be found guilty, but don't but still have a Champions League spot in the next season? You know, they paid a, a, a large. Excuse me, I don't think they were found guilty, but they had to pay a large sum of a fine. So why, if you're not guilty, then why you have to pay such a large fund? It's just all, it's just a scheme, you know. You know, Correct. the is part the of it. Beef is definitely part of it. You know, I worry about. I don't know if you want to go into it, but the Champions League in a couple of years, you know, it's just just more games for the players, you know, because that's just more revenue. But I mean, and, you know, what Simon says is absolutely right. If it wasn't a top four team, if it wasn't Chelsea, if it wasn't Champions League winner, if it wasn't World Club winner, whatever, and that high profile that it does, and pushing the, the the Premier League all over the world, they would have done everything they possibly could if it was a Middlesbrough or somebody else or a Sunderland and taken them down and done everything. But you know what? These teams get away with it, and this is what turns good sports fans off against against the sport. Because you know what? This is not what the sport needs. There's no level playing field. This guy's bought in Russian blood money to the tune of 1.5 billion and was allowed to buy whatever the hell he wants when he's been exposed as a, as a, as a as accessory to mass genocide and murder, we suddenly now decide we're going to um, sanction him and we're going to affect the team. But what about everything else that's happened? What about all the other stuff that he's been doing and getting away with? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but what do you think, Cam, about the uh, Chelsea fans singing Abramovich's name during the... Well, what do I you mean, think Chelsea about that? fans need to be taken out. I don't think they should be in League One. I think they should be out of all the leagues and stop right at the bottom in, in the Isthmian League or whatever it is, right, and made to work their way up because that's all they deserve. They're a piece of... They, they, they are a piece What's of... your language? Scum, and they've always has been and they've just proved it. Yeah, Eric. What do you think about the wow. uh, the Chelsea fans singing Abramovich's name during when, during the Ukrainian uh, one minute applause? They were singing Abramovich's name. What do you think about that, Eric? Yeah, that's absolutely. Hold on, Cam. Hold on. Let Eric have a say. What kind of people they really are, doesn't it? So go on, Cam. Say uh, say that again, Cam. We missed it. Go on. What I said is that to having watched everything that's happening in Ukraine and the murder and the massacre yeah. and the destruction of those cities, and then for those fans to come out and sing. One of the, the guys who's probably behind them funding a lot of this uh, praises shows exactly what kind of people they are, exactly yeah. what kind of football fans they are, and exactly what should happen to them. They should be ashamed of themselves, and they and, and they 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 you know they should never be allowed back into a stadium again. That's my view, anyway. Yeah, Eric, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely shameless. You know, uh, shameless. You know, you know, supposed to be paying respects. Now you're applauding a guy that's you know leading to the you know the you know the war against Ukraine. And uh, I, I've seen videos since I became you know a football fan a long time ago. I've seen videos of these Chelsea fans acting the way they are, and and it's, it all it all just it seems it's just always got swept under the rug for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I never understood that. You know, we talked about. Chelsea fans being racist. I want to say West Ham was, you know, uh, among us is just as bad as well. And it just always got swept under the rug. And, and now we see who they really are. And I, I, I've been doing this, but I'm glad, you know, people around the world get to see this. And I've been going on Twitter and then more videos releasing, you know, Chelsea fans tearing up this guy's restaurant. That's just, it, it's, it's absolutely shameless. 
they seem to don't care. And that's why I said earlier, I don't, you know, if they if they look into the financials, yes, they will get punished. But I do not feel bad for them at all. They deserve whatever is coming. And yeah, well not, I, don't, I don't feel bad because I hate, you know, Chelsea, the team Chelsea. I don't feel bad because I, I can't stand their fans. But I hate the team as well. They're disgusting. But, Zach, why don't you answer this question? Um, are Spurs still in the top four race and will come to be sorry for doing our Champions League next season? I think that, yes, we are still in the top four race. We have a couple games in hand on the next two teams above us. Um, if we can take three points tomorrow, then the hope will even will rise further. Um and will he be satisfied without Champions League? I think, I think it'll he'll be dissatisfied, but I don't think that'll be enough to maybe sway him, especially if we get the top Europa spot, um, which is still you know it's a reasonably prestigious tournament, and if you win that, you get Champions League. So yeah. it's a good it's a it's a driver in a sense where that's a challenge for him with this team, especially if he can get a few of his signings in. But yeah, okay, good point. Now, Cam, what about this as a scenario? We don't make top four, so Conte leaves and goes to PSG, and we get, we get Poch in return. What do you think about that, Cam? You taking that or not? PSG being a Conte-type team, I think there's way too many egos there, and there's only one room where wherever Conte goes is Conte's way or no way. And the one thing why he's probably is said some of the good things about the players there because, you know, not only are they really poor footballers at Spurs, but they also lack a lot of personality. Yeah. So he was able to sort of like imprint a lot of his personality on them. Conte with about a, a room full of Messi's and, and Neymar's, you know, all you're going to see is, um, you're not going to see anything good come it's out of that. It's the irresistible force meeting the immovable object, I think. Exactly. And so what I, I, I would think that is tomorrow's game is a must win. If we don't win it, top four's out of the question. And then we need to see Arsenal to start to go on a losing run. We've got to see them go on a losing run. Arsenal and West Ham. Everything's open. West Ham, I'm not worried about because they haven't had that yet. Concentrating the UEFA League, yeah. Wolves did us over. Arsenal easily beat them. I mean, you know, these are the sort of things that make the difference. Southampton did us over. Arsenal easily beat them. You know, that's what the difference between top four and no top four is, unfortunately, guys. But we're beating the top four teams. I think we've got it in our hands, Eric, because we've got to play Arsenal, we've got to play Man United, we've got to play Liverpool, and we've got to play another oh, team. I can't our remember. schedule is, is, we're is playing the nicely top three. set up. Yeah, yeah. We, our, our schedule is, is, is set up nicely. We have to win tomorrow. Know? If we don't win tomorrow, it's over. Exactly. Yeah, you know, tomorrow sets the standards. And you know, our, our schedule, is, I feel like it is set up. Because I was looking at Everton's schedule and poor Everton, but they, they're going up against every top six, seven, eight teams uh, for the rest of the season. But for us, you know, we're playing against, you know, lower, uh, you know, bottom half uh, league teams and teams that are also going to pl- probably play the low block. And that's something we have to, you know, worry about. And, um, but no, we have Arsenal, we have Liverpool, uh, in terms of Man big United. teams, Man United, but after Man United, we got Arsenal, Liverpool, and in terms of big teams. That's, that's it, it, I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Whereas so, Arsenal, Arsenal still have to play Chelsea, Tottenham, exactly. Liverpool, Man United, they still got to play. Yes, Arsenal is in that top four spot, but then again, at the same time, they haven't played any, you know, they're, they're on, they're on a good run, you know, they, they're good at something that we're not good at, which is being lower league teams. Yeah. Um, but they're on a good run. They haven't played anyone, you know, threatening to them. And so yeah. I feel like that run will end soon. West Ham run will end soon as well. 
and you know it, it's still got to play West Ham away as well and we got it in our hands haven't we Eric? we've got to play Arsenal exactly. at home yeah. yeah exactly Zach do you think it, there's another question is it fair to mix politics and football in the case of Chelsea yeah, yeah. I, 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 in 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 most ways, uh, and w- upon the general information, the public information, of course it is, because it's hard not to, because he's the face of that huge sports team, right? Um, but it was all of his work that he did in the past, his dirty work then, um, and not really the fans' fault or the players' fault. Of course, like I said, the the players are there to get paid and to do a job and, the, and to play football. Um, but you see the, a little bit of the disrespect in the fans' Um, when they're chanting his name during the Ukraine um, moment of silence or, or whatever it was, um, that was that's bad. And Cam was right was saying that's what type of people they are. They're obviously um, diehard Chelsea fans and they're a fan of the team and they're a fan of the owner. So, yeah, we got to mix the politics right now. Yeah. It's funny thing that I was listening to a radio interview and. And they were saying, oh, he's only a minority of Chelsea fans that are doing it at Norwich. And then one of the Norwich fans rang up and said, by the way, it was all of the Chelsea fans. I was at the game and they were all singing it, not a minority. So it looks like all of them were doing it. So anyway. It's impossible not to mix politics in the sports here. Yeah, you can't do that. It's it's always been politics. We always try to hide it. But it it always is politics, especially when your owner is literally in line with Putin's money. so... Now, now think about it. This could be us. This could have been us right now. You know, uh, granted, we're not, you know, our behavior is not as bad as Chelsea fans. I would hope it isn't. But, you know, Roman Abramovich was looking at Spurs before he settled on Chelsea. And so, you know, I know Levy's, Levy and Enik is bad, but. But they're not. They're doing dodgy stuff. We don't know about it, Cam. Exactly. Enik are doing some go. stuff as well. There's, a, there's one thing about doing dodgy stuff, and there's one thing about every single no thing that, that these guys. Oh yeah, it's not a comparison. I agree. Yeah. We haven't got enough hours of the week to go through how these oligarchs made their money because none of them made it like you go to work and make your money, um, uh, or anyone else made it. It's absolute, complete, and utter corruption. No way did anyone make their money. Not one of them has made it legitimately. So let's not get too carried away with that. The main point here is, is how do these people even get there in the first place? That is the question. Whether we like Enik, we don't like Enik, we don't like anybody else, we should not even be having this debate because there should have been some ethics in place in the first place to stop these corrupt people getting in and buying whatever the hell they wanted and whatever club they wanted. And it's the Premier League, exactly, that have put themselves in this position that have done this in the first place. And they've done it again with um, Newcastle. And they will do it again. And this, when they keep on doing stuff like that, what they're doing is they're chipping away at the, at, at, at the beauty of the game. And they're actually now turning people away from them. And they're all doing it because they want the money. They don't care where they came from. They want the money. And it's pretty it's, bad. It's pretty it's another coined phrase, money talks. It leaves a really bitter taste in your in your mouth, but all we want to do is see great games, great football, enjoy it, enjoy the banter with the other fans, you know, and, and actually be there for what we're there for, which is we enjoy the sport. And these people bring it in and actually debase it with their with their corrupt actions, you know? Yeah. I just want to talk about a couple of other things before we finish off. What do you guys think about the relegation fight? Zach, let me start with you. We've got, you know, Leeds being sucked into there. They can't win a game for Toffee. Uh, the Toffees down at Everton were appalling. 
What do you think about the? I mean, we, let's take Norwich and Watford are down. Who do you think is going to be the third team to go down with them, Zach? I think it will be Everton. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're right on the cusp right there. Um, that's going to give. And there's a couple teams right on the cusp down there. It was surprising to see Newcastle get out of that. Yeah, they're out of it now. But um, I think that uh, that third spot team. Um, is going to be trying real hard now to make sure that they're taking points from every game. Um, and Everton has a lot of work to do because that was confusing display off from them the other day. And yeah, if they yeah. continue to do that, they're out of here. And it'll yeah. be a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Eric, my Nana's who... childhood team. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Eric, who do you think is going to be the third team to go down with Watford and uh, Norwich? I have three possible teams. Uh I hate to say at least because we have, you know, uh, Jesse Marsh is a new American head coach. I want to pull for him, of course. You know, he looks like he's great. doing a great job at least. <laughs> yeah, it's great to see American, you know, coaches in the Premier League. But uh, that's going to be a struggle. You know, it's going to take time to change the system that's been yeah. built on Bielsa because they've come up through Bielsa. But it's going to be a difficult time to change the system. And he's also one of Ralph Ragnick's, you know, protégés. Okay. So, you know, so you're going to see a similar style of play, just a little bit different. Uh, Burnley could fight out of it. You know, I, I like, you know, they have, they have a new Chris Wood now, which is Weghorst. Weghorst, yeah. Well, he's Weghorst, really good. Yeah. But I, I see Burnley could, you know, take that 18 spot or Everton, which they do have a decent chance of getting yeah. relegated with that schedule. Yeah. I was Can? very surprised to see Weghorst oh, go to Burnley. Just saying yeah. that. I, I mean, I, I mean, that's works. I agree. I mean, I think the only reason why we think that Everton are in a really, really bad spot is because they've got some really tough games coming up. From what I saw on the fixture list, and what all of the games teams that I've got to play, they've probably got one of the hardest ones. And I'm not sure that Lampard is really cut out for a relegation battle. I mean, he may be a good manager and he may have been brought in at the end of the season, at the beginning of the season, to come in and help build a team and do something like that. But when you're in a scrap for your life, are you going to turn to someone like Lampard who hasn't had that experience? This is where you can go to. He's, the he's never experienced that in his life. No. Are you going to you go to the you know, yeah. hot suns or whatever you need to do you know, to turn the team around and stop the rot? If um, they get. I think you're going to do it. And I don't think Delhi is going to be the answer to saving them from relegation. I really don't. I'm sorry to say it. No, definitely not. And if they do get relegated, would you, would you guys take Calvert Lewin? Really good question is that. I mean, he's really gone off the ball, hasn't he? Really? Yeah. He, he would know he would. Well, you know what he's play. capable of with the right service as well. He's the only player on their team that looks dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So what, let me put that back to you. Would you take Richarlison? Yeah, Richarlison a lot better. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd take Richarlison any day. Yeah. Simply because yeah. of it. it's, it's not necessarily his goal scoring, but he's holding up and he's running with the ball. And his um, ability to terrify defenses and 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 pass the ball, you know, I think he's player. Like, yeah, yeah. What do you think, uh, Eric, about uh, Simon's comments? American coaches don't tend to do well over here. The brand of football is too showy, which is fine if you have talented players born to entertain. But ain't a team like Leeds. Leeds, yes, yeah, a good point, Simon. What do you think about Jesse March, and is he going to get him out of trouble or not, Eric? I mean, there has been good coaches that's you know that's played well in England. Uh, Tad Lasso, for one. <laughs> um, oh my God, he's the best one. He was, yeah. but name me an American coach that succeeded. What about the who was that guy? The Bobby Bradley. I wouldn't even say. Yeah, that. yeah, Bob Bradley. Whatever yeah. we have to. Oh, 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 
he he coached at um Swansea or something. Was? No, no, that was also Bobby Bradley. Uh, yeah. But no, they this guy that coached Huddersfield, he was really Bruce German, Arena. But, oh yeah, Bruce Arena. Yeah, but uh, this guy at, at Huddersfield. No, there, no, it was that was David really Wagner. He's American, but he's German American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but but I always considered him German, but they considered him American when they was describing uh, American managers. And like I said, I, I want someone to break that barrier of Americans becoming head coaches. Uh, uh, in England, you know, Jesse March, you know, he's won a trophy uh, league title in the Austrian league, but yeah. his time in the States at New York Red Bulls, he came close. He won a supporter shield, but he never won an MLS cup in the States, but, you know, tied to that Red Bull franchise, he gets to move around. So he went from New York to Salzburg and had a, a, a short stint at, at Leipzig, which didn't work out, which I was surprised by his hire at Leeds. But, um, I would have gone for Sam Allardyce at Leeds if I were them, but you know, uh, um, that's too much of a change. I feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like you Cam, wanted someone similar. Yeah. Cam, what about this question from Stephen Fells? Good question because I think that um, I think Delhi deserved uh, the respect of Spurs fans. He was there five and a half years, two hundred sixty-nine games, sixty-seven goals, um, yeah. and I believe that he um, he deserved it. And I think if they were critical of him when he's left. Uh, it's not his fault, and I think that's wrong. I think that he deserved all the respect and singing his name and, and and sending him off in style. But one thing that we haven't mentioned about about Everton, which we I think we need to mention, is none of their players have got uh, relegation clauses in their contract. None of them, not one player. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, they also have lost a significant amount of funding because the first oligarch to be banned was um, was an Everton uh, shareholder. And that's had a big impact upon their money and everything else, which is, again, another thing. Why was he banned and why was Abramovich banned? Do I have to take another month for Abramovich? It doesn't make any sense, does it, guys? No. Uh, and the thing for Everton also, Cam, is they could be uh, fined under um, financial fair play. They could be deducted points, so they could be going down anyway. It could be. I mean, there is – It's like it seems to me like a perfect storm has hit Everton. A perfect storm has just come together. The bad news for Spurs is – we haven't got a penny for Delhi, and it looks like it's all the, all the shit comes together. We might not get a penny for Delhi, which will impact our ability to sign and buy new players. What was the deal with Delhi then? Cam, remind us. It was zero up front, and I think there was ten million if he played so many games, and it went up to up to twenty five million depending on how many games he played. Uh, and and uh, obviously, if he's not in the Premier League, all that goes out the window, doesn't it? If they declared bankruptcy as well, which is a potential possibility. Then we forget it. We ain't going to get anything. And you've got to remember. Has he come back to us and he's still registered with Everton? No, he's, he's gone. He won't come back to us. But you've got to remember, we still haven't paid for Romero yet. Yeah. We haven't paid for Kulosevsky yet. We haven't paid for Kula. It's a loan, but we've paid for, for, I'm for Romero. Bentoncourt. Yeah. We haven't paid for Romero. Romero's on loan until the end of this season. But, but I remember Conte confirming the deal. Uh, We're going to keep him. We've got an option yeah. to buy him and we'll pay for him. But it's still okay. We, do, we haven't gone through it. Right. Which I think we it. do everything we can to make sure we keep Romero. We do, but then it, what it means is that all the fans think we've already paid for it. We don't realize that he will be next year's transfer key. Yeah. Suddenly gets us 50 million less to buy another player. As well, you know, and that, this is an issue for Spurs. And when we don't get the money coming in for Delhi, which looks like we won't, we suddenly find ourselves in a bigger hole. Let's face it. Do you think, do anyone think here that Leon is going to pay 50 million back to Tottenham for um, Endombele? I'll take half that, 25 million, cut your losses. <laughs> oh, okay. 
I'll well. take half that cut. You lost it. But the thing is, also, what about your favourite, Cam? Giovanni Lo Celso. He's not pulling up any trees in La Liga, is he? Apparently, he was the best best midfielder in the world after two games there, and then since then we never heard from him again. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, his ratings have been high. Really... Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's an inferior league. Yeah. Well, as long as they give us our money back, I don't care. Do you? No. And what about Emerson Royal? There's rumours that he's not really a professional footballer. He's just a, a, a fake. There's, what do you think about that, Eric? What bothers me about Emerson Royale, and it's completely not about his game. Well, it, it's most, well I, I'm, I'm about to get into his game. Yeah. What's with the basketball shorts? And I, yeah. I don't understand why he wears those baggy shorts. But I, I was literally telling my friend the other day, you know, in Conte's system, in a, in a right wing back system, you know, you're supposed to take on your defender, put in good crosses into the box. And one thing I've seen, he, he can't cross the ball. I don't think he understands the purpose of a cross. When he crosses, it looks like he's trying to pick out a man, you know, just for a ball to go straight to his man. That's not how you cross. A cross is putting a ball into a space where uh, attackers can run into and hit a first-time finish. And he just simply doesn't do that. I don't. We have... The only good crosser of the ball I think we have on this team is, I would say, Doherty now. Well, I, I knew Doherty could cross because I seen him at Wolves, but I never saw him in his first shirt. And Kulisevsky is a good crosser of the ball. Son. Kane. Kane. But I don't see this as a thing. I don't want Kane crossing the ball. I want him in the box. But with, but with the team we have, he has to he has to take on that role. And I also think Perry Winks can also put in a good ball into the box. But he's never good. Never in the right uh, position to do it. It's usually by accident, though, isn't it? Yeah, true. Simon, you should be a comedian, man. You're on the wrong job, I'm telling you. Whatever you're doing is so funny. I, I, but I'd like to believe what you're saying. I mean, the only re- only thing that's ever made any sense, Ray, is what you just said when it comes to Emerson Royal and everything I've heard everywhere else to go. It suddenly all made sense. He's a con job. You can't play football. It's definitely a con job. That's the only thing that could... Who's that guy who signed for Southampton? You meant to be George Weyer's cousin. Said. I listen here. Yeah. I hear what Eric says, right? And I say to myself, how the hell do you get into one of the biggest football teams in the world, the top 10 football team on this planet, and not even... And someone has to explain to you what a cross means? And the good thing is, uh, I've heard Real Bittis uh, interested in taking him back. This is the second team in Sevilla. <laughs> He is, I think... Cam said he'll drive him there personally from Florida. He'll drive him all the way to Seville. Suing Barcelona. I was wondering why it was still sunny. And for for, um, for lying to us, I think we should be taking him to court because this guy was never a professional footballer. That's the only thing that makes sense. He's the first choice right right back for Brazil, Cam. I thought he was still at first. He is? Well, I mean... At first, yeah, for sure. The only thing that can make sense... I mean, the Brazilians will do anything for money, so who knows what that means. What do you think about him, Zach? Emerson Royal? Um, I thought he was supposed to be our starter. Um, let down quite a bit. Now, I will admit there are improvements in his um, like sportsmanship a little bit. He used to be kind of a flopper. He'd just roll around on the ground a little bit, go down too easy, etc. Um, I'm glad he's not doing that as much. Um, he's showing uh, a lot better grit in tackles um i'm seeing improvements defensively but not at all offensively and kind of as a wing back you need to be good at both of those things which is kind of the opposite of sesenya who is good at going forward but i think his defensive abilities are very lacking 
Yeah, yeah. So Cam, I think we were all taking Aurier right now oh, for a Trippier. Yeah, Aurier would be perfect for this system, wouldn't he, Cam? Exactly. We need we need Trippier for free kicks. Yeah, Trippier, Eric, Aurier would be ideal for this. So Eric, let me go around the let me go around the, the panel. Who are you getting rid of at the end of the season, Eric? Well, I'm getting rid of. Uh, it depends on who we bring in, but the first people I want to get rid of is Emerson. Yeah, uh, Winks, and. Did he me, not just sign a contract? No, Winks. no, no. Sessignon signed the contract. But uh, no, no. I would get rid of Winks. I would get rid of Emerson. Uh, I wouldn't get rid of Ben Davies because we need depth. We, we need depth in general. That's why yeah. I have a feeling we might keep Winks for the depth in the midfield. But I, I want to see Emerson gone and I want to see Winks gone and yeah. keep the depth all around. Dyer, he can stay. He, he's improved. I haven't had zero complaints. I've had zero complaints about Eric Dyer. Since he's been under Antonio Conte, and I'm yes. glad I'm able to same with that. Ben Davies, really. Ben yes. Davies, I think is as, in that position. Yes. Uh, ben Davies, we should keep for cup games or lower level games. He's not for elite yes. games. He's but not. Just sure. one thing, Zach. Even if you sign a contract, it doesn't matter. It just means your price goes up because you're on a that's on true. A contract, so yeah. Zach, and then I'm going to come to Cam. Zach, who are you getting rid of at the end of the season? Conte's staying. Who's he going to get rid of? Who do you uh, want him to get rid of? Yeah, I think Royale will be gone. Uh, we need to bring in an, another right wing back capable winks can go. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Ho- Hoiberg gets moved just to make mm-hmm. some money. Like he's, he's a good enough squad player for us. Um, and you've seen with Benton Cora that he's been able to kind of roam around a little more, but I think that we can get an improvement on him even. And honestly, Lucas, I think he'll be moved because. What is this thing with Lucas? He's not injured at the moment. Why is he not getting in there? That's a good question. Like, I've always yeah, rated him pretty highly. Um, I just think... I'll come to you in a minute, Cam. I just Go think on. he's going to be gone because he's not going to be getting the game time now. Um, mm-hmm. Even off the bench, you're seeing Bergwin come on more mm-hmm. than the Lucas. So uh, something's not working there with Conte, and I think we'll see Lucas gone. Yeah. Cam? Well, I'm going to say that, yeah, Bergwijn's got to go. Absolutely. useless <laughs> after two goals. I'm sorry, they're nothing. Um, I he think doesn't that, get a chance. He gets ten minutes every game, man. Come on, useless, useless. I think the Kane and Son partnership will be broken up. One of them will go. One of them will not say because that's the only way we're going to get some money to rebuild the squad. So let's say mm-hmm. we're either going to lose Kane or we're going to lose Son. Personally, I don't know what's going to like this, but I'd like to see Son go because I just don't think he's he's, he's consistent in our He's not consistent, is he? No. He's just not giving us that level of consistency, which you know, and he's been very disappointing. I'd like to see more Amora go. I'd like to see um, Davis go. And I'd like to see Doherty go. I'd like to see Emerson go. Um, and I would like to see all of those positions replaced with stronger players. Um, I do think that we need to, to um, seriously, I think Hoybier should go. I think Skip and Betancourt should be our main two with with um, Wingspip giving, providing a backup behind them. Are they going to get better than them? I think if it was a choice between keeping Davis or keeping Sanchez, I'd keep Sanchez because he's younger, he's mm-hmm. fit, and he can learn better. And the only reason I'd get rid of Davis is because he's old and he's had his day, you know, we might get a few bucks for him. If he stays another a couple of years, we're going to get nothing for him. But I think if you're talking about a rebuild, you cannot talk about a rebuild without re- rebuilding from the front, and you're going to lose one of those two. Preferably, personally, I think it will be Kane. But prefer personally, I would prefer it to be Son. Yeah. Oh, Kane. I don't yeah. think we. No, no way. He's got to stay forever. Oh, that was I mean, that's you know, who's going to be the creative midfielder, Eric? Who's uh, Cam? 
And Zach, who's the creative midfielder that's going to open these low block teams up? You can't Frank rebuild. Kessie's not. Is Frank Kessie that type of player? No, no, he's gone. He's gone to Barcelona. He's a ball carrier. I've liked how I've liked how Renato Sanchez has looked at Lille. Yeah, he looks really good actually. Renato Sanchez is he at Lille? Or yeah, he looked really good against Chelsea. Yeah, he's a baller. That guy. He played really yeah. well. There's a clip of him on Twitter going round, and he's one hell of a player. Cam, what do you yeah. think of Renato Sanchez? Um, I'm not consistent enough. I might as well keep Son then. I mean, but I think Son's a fantastic player, but is this about consistency? It, but, I mean, the problem with Spurs is we get one great performance and we let them dine out on it for the next six months. How, you never win anything that way. The only way you win things is by winning, by performing week in, week out, week in, week out. And unless so, we get players with that mentality, we're going to win nothing. So do you think people like Son and Kane, they don't have that mentality? They do one good performance and That's they drop next one? That's why it's not going to lie. So, show, give me some players who have got the mentality where they do it day in, day out. Give me some examples. Sabah Leipzig. I've not heard of him. Oh, he's good. Really good. Yeah, 20-year-old. Amazing. Take any City player, right? How about that? The worst, their worst player and take our best player and look at the consistency level. That's all I'll have to say. Or take the worst player, look at our best player and look at the consistency Okay, guys, we're gonna. Who, who would that be? Who would be Liverpool's worst? Minamino, and he's doing good. Oh, damn <laughs> he's doing good, isn't he? Yeah. You know, there you go. You answered it. You answered yeah. it. You but Cam, you know what? What you're asking for, you can't do. You can't get rid of six or seven players from the first team. It just doesn't well, work that way. And you can't rebuild. You need to keep some chemistry. Have yeah, you've got to keep some consistency there, continuity. You can't just bring six or seven players in. They're all friends, too. You know, you can't break up friendships like that. Business first, but... You, you know, we're not going to rebuild and then Conte's going to walk. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Listen, I'm guys, thinking let's... four or five could go. Yeah, I think so. Let's wrap it up now. It's been a great... Uh, it's been a great chat. Um, hopefully, we can do this more regularly in the future. I think we should do it every week because there's lots of people... Yeah. Want to see us doing that? So, final thoughts from everybody. Let's start with you, Eric. We we'll go clockwise way. Uh, you know, yeah. Man- Manchester United is, uh, you know, is going to tell the tale if we're really up to it or not. And I, 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 I went at, at at Old Trafford, which you did it last season. But you know, this is this is we're at a crucial point in our season where this could be the top four decider, an early top four decider, and we have to win it because it, it sets the tone for the rest of the season. So we have to win tomorrow and is on. Okay, Cam? I think my final thoughts are, are that I think in the next game is by if in the, the question for us is what we've got, 12 games left to go? We've got 12 games left. Yeah, we. So, but Cam, let me just stop you for a minute. So, normally 65, 70 points, 66 points will normally get you top four. So, we've got 42 at the, 42 at the moment? 42. So, we need another 24 points, which is eight wins out of 12. Can we do that or not? Oh, yeah. If we don't, if we don't do that, we are not going to get anywhere. And I believe that did start tomorrow. Of those 12 games, we need to be winning all of them. We cannot afford to lose anymore. It's so it's like, wins or nothing. Draws are no good for us, are they? Good for us, so. And I think two stumbles and it's over. That's okay. fine. So we can afford to lose two and other than that, we can't. Yeah. Two, I mean, and we can't afford, if we lose them tomorrow, then yeah. it's already over because, you know, we've got, we've got another 11 games. We're never going yeah. to keep stumbling. And uh, the momentum's on. And we lose two after winning eight. 
I think we could probably still get there, but yeah. you know, yeah. it's when we lose. So, them. if we don't get top four, Cam, is is that being, is that mean that Conti has been a failure? No, I think if we get top six, we're really there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you must be drunk, Stephen. If you think I'm bringing the beauty, uh-huh. I'm getting worried about you, Stephen. Thanks. Yeah. I, I missed the answer to that question. What was the, the what did I ask? Oh, it's, yeah, is it a failure of Conti if we don't get top four, Cam? I think top six for me is, is but it would have been from where we started when when we were with Nuno. Um, you know, top ten would have been a success if we kept kept Nuno. And if uh, with this same useless team, um, Conti could get us top six, that would be a good thing. That would be something to build on next season. Yeah, okay. we need to do something soon because quickly one thing: Son is twenty nine. Oh no, no, excuse, excuse me. Son is about to turn thirty next or this year, and Kane is going to turn twenty nine this year as well. Mm. So we have to do something fast, you know, to get yep. the best out of it. I think Kane's going to stay as good as he is just as long as Lewandowski does, and he's thirty three, yeah. still banging that more goals than anyone else. Final thoughts, Zach. Final thoughts from you, Zach. Yeah, tomorrow is the. First building block, one of the tougher building blocks that we're going to have to go through uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, Liverpool, like, I mean, a draw at Liverpool would be good. So, some promising fixtures. I always look past Arsenal. We got to blow them away just to make a statement for London. You know, North London is Lily, Lily White, and it always will be. Um, but tomorrow, we really have to put the work in to start frustrating the superstars that are Man United get them pitted against each other, uh, make one or make Maguire, hopefully uh, make a few big mistakes and just capitalize on the, on the takeaway. We, we must win. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important. I think the game tomorrow, not only for us to win, but to kill Manchester United's hopes of getting top four in it as well. So yes. uh, I think it's important. So uh, come on you Spurs. Let's have a come on you Spurs from every, and then we'll close it. So Cam, come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Eric. Come on you Spurs. Zach. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. And we'll see you hopefully next week. If everybody can make it, we'll do another show next week. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time. Thank you for all our people, Simon, Stephen, Tina, Amanda, everybody for Stephen Fells. Thanks, everybody, to everybody. And we'll see you next week, hopefully. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.